0: What's up, everybody, and thanks for tuning back into the TWC Stay Hated podcast. Uh, this episode's just going to be me talking about TWC Nerd Zone. Not much of an intro needed, just me talking about stuff in greater depth that was posted about on the Trigger Warning Instagram. I believe this is episode 16. Enjoy that shit. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the TWC Stay Hated podcast. On this episode, it's just going to be me uh, flying solo. Um, I figured I would do an episode kind of going uh, a little deeper into some of the Nerd Zone posts that I've made on the trigger warning page. Um, This will obviously be a more powerlifting forward episode. Uh, so basically in case anybody hasn't been following the trigger warning page or hasn't noticed, uh, I put a post up basically saying that, you know, with everything that's going on, there's lots of the people putting out information on how to work out at home, how to be creative. There's tons of awesome information and you should definitely be following that. Um, I don't, I'm not really inclined to show people how to work out at home. Obviously I would help if somebody needed it, but it's not, that doesn't, um, I guess it's just not something that I'm interested in doing. So uh, I thought that I could bring value in a different way. This time when people aren't training as much, you have a little bit more time to really get into the nitty gritty of their training and understanding different methods and basically taking stuff that's taken me years to figure out and, or was taught to me by people who have a ton of experience and have been doing this for years and years and years. Um, And so we started the TWC nerd zone and, Basically, it's just some of it's really straightforward, and some of it people will already know. Um, and some of it will be new to people. A lot of it will be, uh, people that follow the page have been training for a while might already have some of this stuff figured out, but it's always good to go over things and, you know, you might learn a different perspective or something new. So basically, what this podcast is going to be is me just, uh, or this episode rather is just going to be me going through, um, Of course, as soon as I start the podcast, the gentleman outside starts cutting something down with a chainsaw. So I don't know if you guys can hear that. It's very annoying. Uh, Basically, I'm going to go through the four, I believe I've done four, Nerd Zone posts. Um, And I'm just going to talk about each one. Shouldn't be a super long episode. Just wanted to get through and kind of go through a little bit more what I can't necessarily type out in a post. So we'll just start the first one and we'll go from there. So. Uh, the first one that I did was just a conjugate split made simple. Now, most people are already have a pretty good grasp on this, but there might be uh, some of you that haven't been following conjugate for very long, might not know what it is, only know you know they see videos of people with bands and chains, and it's all very confusing because it's a lot of it is very fluid. Uh, so uh, the split basically is it's four-day split, and it's max effort lower, max effort upper, speed lower, and speed upper. Um, obviously, you know, basically an easy way to think of it is like two heavy days two light or fast days. So for max effort lower, basically what you're looking at is it's going to be a variation of a squat deadlift or good morning. Uh, generally to a one rep max, uh, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say two rep max for squats, unless you are a raw lifter. Um, you might do like a free squat for a two rep max, but if you're in gear, not something that I would generally program, not saying it's wrong, just something that I wouldn't really fuck with. Uh, The good mornings, good mornings are usually three reps or five reps. Uh, We've done good morning pyramids, um, but that's sort of a a weird situation that doesn't really fall into the general idea of max ever lower or a deadlift variation. Now, when I say variation, just in case people who are listening aren't aware of it, basically it's like, you know, it's something other than your competition lift. So when I say deadlift variation, you know, deficit, bands, block pulls, rack pulls, reverse band, chains, um, opposite stance. So, you know, if you don't have much equipment, you can do a lot of stuff with deadlift variations. You can stand on a block, you put the weights on the block, and then you could do those two things with your opposite stance. You can do snatch grip pulls. You know, rack pulls, you have several heights. You can always add a band, add chains to that. Um, and then with, with squat variations, you know, it's to a box, not to a box, specialty bar, chains, bands, narrow stance, wide stance. Um, the possibilities are, are endless, basically. So, uh, and you perform a one to three rep max with those, depending on what you're doing. And then there's four to six accessories um, targeting, you know, hamstrings, glutes, low back, and lats. Um, basically the prime movers for the variation that you may have done. So if you do a squat variation, you might hit more quads, glutes, hamstrings. If you do a conventional deadlift, you might hit more lats, low back, hamstrings. Um, And generally on this day, the reps are anywhere from uh, as far as the accessories are concerned, you might have one like supplemental movement that's Sort of similar to your main movement where you do sets of five. But other than that, it's generally, you know, eights, tens, twelves for three or four sets. Um, And that's max effort lower. So max effort upper, same idea, except it's a bench press. So there you go, variations for bench press. You know, if you have uh, a three board, a two board, and a one board, there's three variations right there. But then you could do them close grip. So then you have six. If you put a band on it, that doubles. So it it gets exponential. You can always add something to it. And with a bench, you could do a two-rep or a three-rep max depending um, on what you're doing. I generally wouldn't say like two-rep max to your chest or three-rep max to your chest is very smart. But occasionally, I will throw that into programming depending on how far out people are from a meet. Uh, With that, you know, four to six accessories, uh, triceps, pecs, front delts. um, Generally you're going to go like a little heavier with these. Uh, so, you know, your reps might be six, eight, 10, 12 until you get towards the end of the session. Uh, I generally say that people should end a session with a hundred reps of band pushdowns on a max effort day just to get extra blood into your, uh, triceps. So now speed lower. Now that the speed waves get confusing to people. There's a lot of information out there about them. It's very confusing, but it can be broken down into a very simple thing. It's just three week waves. 50, 55, and 60% bar weight, plus chains and bands. People go crazy over the 25% thing. Throw some chains and bands on there. As long as it's not a ridiculous amount or a very, very minute amount, you'll be fine. You'll know when it's right because it'll feel right. It won't kill you, and it won't be too easy. Uh, Generally, it's 25%. People really overanalyze that, and they don't need to. Um, The other thing people get confused over this is just sort of... You know, uh, they say, well, 50% of what 50% of my competition squat or 50% of my squat to a box with this bar. Now with raw people, I would say 50% of your squat to a box with that bar Equipped people. I would say 50% of your competition squat, assuming that you're a decent box squatter and you can do that. Um, but there's, it's, it's more about the bar speed than it is about the actual percentage. So just make sure you're moving the weights relatively smooth Um, that third week usually gets a little tough, but just as long as you're moving the weights relatively smooth, you're fine. It's about form and technique and speed. Um, so you get, you know, 24 total reps, depending on how you set it up. Some, some weeks you might only get 20 reps total, depending on your rep schemes, you know, eight by three, 12 by two, 10 by two, just depending on what your five by five, depending on what, how far out you are from a meet. Um, and you change the bar every three weeks. It gives you lots of time to practice your uh, form. Uh, then generally after that, you go into speed pulls, 40 to 60 percent plus bands uh, for seven to 14 total reps with various uh, from various heights. So you might pull off blocks, you might stand on blocks, you might do rack pull. Um, generally, speed pulls against bands, not chains is the way that I generally lean. Um, and you might do seven singles, you might do seven doubles, you might do 10 singles, depending on how you feel after the squats. Um, and then three to five accessories. You don't have to go as crazy with the accessories on this day. Cause you just did a bunch of squatting and a bunch of deadlifting. So you're going to be fatigued. So it might be like higher rep stuff where you're targeting quads, low back glutes. Um, and you're just like making it more, uh, of like a bodybuilding pump type, type thing. Cause you've already done a lot of work with your main movements. Speed upper, same thing. Three-week wave, except the percentages are a little lower. So it's 35, 40, 45. Um, Plus bands and chains for generally 9 by 3 sometimes 5 by 5 You change the bar every three weeks. Um, It's speed, but don't get lazy on this day because speed bench is important. A lot of people get very lazy on speed bench days. I don't know why that is. Um, Probably because they're coming off a tough workout the day before or two days before or whatever. Um, and they might be a little fatigued or tired, but this day is important and it can be really fun because it kind of turns into a bodybuilding style day after you do your main movement, four to six accessories, targeting triceps, shoulders, upper back, pecs, you get a really good pump. Um, your rep ranges might be, you know, 10 to 20, 12 to 25, something in there, get a really good pump get out. It doesn't have to be a super long workout. So that's a general, um, you know, that's the general conjugate split there's lots of different ways to do it I've seen it bastardized I've seen it done in really cool ways that I just necessarily haven't done myself but I think is really neat um, you know some people pull the box some people leave the box I'm a huge fan of box squatting I think that it has huge carryover and most people feel the same way um, but yeah so that's the very generalized conjugate split uh, there's information about it everywhere but it's, people seem to overanalyze it so If you keep it basic, you'll be good. Uh, So that was the first post um, for the nerd zone. I'm really stoked on that name, by the way, nerd zone. Anyway, um, so the second one was just the, the conjugate days explained. Because if you know why you're doing something, it's a lot easier to get something out of it. So, for example, this is kind of a weird example, but... If you're drinking a warm cup of tea and you know you're drinking a warm cup of tea to relax and get ready for bed, you're gonna relax more. If you're just someone just hands you a cup of hot tea and just drink it, you're not gonna and you don't know why you're doing it. You don't really like. Obviously, we would understand why, but I'm just using it as an example. You'd you would get more out of it if you know why you're doing it. So, same thing with training. If you know why the fuck you're doing something you're going to be able to apply it and there's going to be a better connection mentally. So the second post that I made was the days explained. So for max effort, it's going to teach you how to strain. It's going to teach you how to pick up weights that might be scary to you. It's going to teach you how to handle weights that are probably bigger than what you're going to handle in a meet. Um, It's going to let you overload your CNS. Uh, It's going to give you confidence in big weights because if you squat you know, 600 to a low box with a safety squat bar. Squatting 700 in full gear at a meet to parallel doesn't seem as fucked up. And it seems like it's not going to be as big of a big deal because that low box with a safety squat bar is fucking hard, scary, dangerous. Like, you know, there's just lots of different things that can happen. You can get rounded over. It's hard on your neck, blah, blah, blah. So it gives you more confidence with those big weights. Um, And it'll teach you how to stay in position with fucked up angles and and different pressures whereas as, you know when you go to cuz basically your your competition lifts are the easiest lifts like squat to depth like a straight bar squat to depth a straight bar bench full range and a deadlift off the floor are basically the three easiest most simple lifts if you're looking at all the variations so if you do all these fucked up variations and make you strain in all these different angles guess what the competition lifts are gonna be fucking easy because they're way more straightforward and there's less variables so that's the point of max effort speed work is going to teach you how to apply force all the way through the lift most people miss lifts at the top so uh if with the chains and bands it's going to help um you maintain that force all the way through and help you get through the sticking points i know a lot of people don't like the term sticking point um but it's going to help your speed is going to help you carry you through to the top, whether it's squat bench or deadlift. Um, so it also can majorly help with conditioning. Uh, if you're doing nine sets of three with thirty five percent plus a band on speed bench and you're taking five minute breaks because you're sucking wind, you got a problem with your conditioning. You should be able to get through that pretty quick. It should take about fifteen minutes, um, if that. If you're by yourself, probably like less than that. Um, so it can help with that. And it also gives you many reps to work on your form or whatever your issue may be. If you lift your head when you bench, it's going to give you a bunch of chances to keep your head down. If your pickup out of the rack sucks, it's going to give you a bunch of chances to fix that. If you can't figure out where to put your feet when you're squatting, it's going to give you a chance to fix that. If you can't figure out um, you know, how to hold weights at the top before you rack them and so on and so forth, grip strength, so on and so forth. There's lots of stuff you can work because there's tons and tons of reps with moderately heavy weight. Um, that shit gets very confusing and people really overanalyze it. A lot of this stuff, if you think less, it's, it's better. And then some of the stuff is you have to like elevate your thinking to look ahead. Um, so the next one I said was, uh, the next Nerd Zone post that I made was uh, main movement selection. Now, Your main movements don't matter until they do. So you can just go in and randomly pick whatever you want, and you're going to get strong for a while, but eventually you're going to go in there on a bench day, and your bench is going to feel like total trash, and you're going to be confused. And it's like, well, you're probably confused because on the Monday or two days earlier when you did max lower, you did a safety bar squat against a fuck ton of band tension, and now your bench is trash because your upper back is smoked. So, there's, there's ways around this. So, if you were to do something like a rack pull plus a band or a deficit, your bench that week would be smart to ease off of your back, right? Because your back's going to be smoked. So, maybe a floor press, maybe a high board. Um, you know, if you did a box squat to parallel or a free squat with chains maybe or even a regular free squat, you might do, you know, you're going to be smoked from that. You're going to be handling big weights. You're going to be smoked from that. You might do a two-board variation or a dumbbell workout. You have to look at where you would be fatigued. So if you do a narrow low-box squat to a max, the weight is not going to be super heavy, but it's going to be hard. So you get a stimulus from it, but uh, it's not going to kill you. So when you come back to your max bench, you're going to be able to handle something to a low-board, um, or maybe something full range or an overload because you're going to feel fresh because you didn't handle a huge weight and your CNS isn't super fucked up from earlier in the week. Um, A lot of this stuff, it's chess. It's not checkers. You have to look at stuff from a 10,000-foot view. You can't just look at just today. So um, I know a lot of people will just say it doesn't fucking matter. You can pick whatever you want um, and your main movements don't matter. Um, because accessories matter more than main movements and blah, blah, blah. And to an to an extent, I do agree with that. However, if the main movement didn't matter, then you could just go in there and you could just do, uh, you know, Jefferson deadlifts, suitcase deadlifts. You could do, always do, you know, five boards. You could do... Uh, you know, max out against band tension with no weight in the bottom. Like you could pick a bunch of silly shit to do over and over and over again, and you might get stronger. You probably would get stronger, but there wouldn't be very much carryover to your sport, which is lifting fucking weights out of meat. So you have to be aware of that. It's very easy to say, fuck it. It doesn't matter. And every so often it doesn't really matter. But if you want to be in this for a long time, you have to start paying attention to the order that you do things in. And there's a very specific order that you can do things in. Um, that make it easier. So just be aware of that. And it, and it comes down to, you go into the gym and if you're planning on taking something to a low board or maybe putting on a shirt and in warm-ups, you're like, man, my lats and my upper back are fucked up. Guess what? It's probably not the day for you to get in a shirt. So be aware of that and, and think about, well, what did I do yesterday or two days ago? Oh, I did sets of eight snatch grip deadlifts as an accessory and now I'm smoked trying to use my shirt. So there's, there's correlation there. You have to be able to look back Which is another reason why everyone should be uh, filing and documenting all of their workouts as best they can. I know people think that that's really dorky to have a notebook in uh, in the gym. But, you know, if you want to piss your coach off, the number one thing when he looks at you and says, what's your PR on this? And you say, I don't know. That is the way to make me go through the fucking roof. So same thing goes for accessories and everything else. You just have to make sure that you are keeping track of these things because then you can look back and say, Oh, and then it's not just, you know, uh, the people who, who say negative things about conjugate say that's, you know, it's hard to regulate. And it's like, it's, it's a little more difficult to regulate because it's not just straight bar and percentages. It is, there's, there's more variables to it, but you can very easily track this shit. And once you start tracking it, it becomes very clear what you should, shouldn't be doing. Um, Let's see here. So the last nerd zone post that I made was the secret to shortening your squat range of motion. And this is something that took me a long time to figure out myself. A lot of people think the wider you are, the less motion you have in your squat for some reason because you're lower to the ground. But if you think about it and if you look at the post that I made, I have a picture uh, of my friend here with narrower stance and a wider stance and if you look with the wider stance because of the angle of her shin her knee is closer to the ground so if her knee is closer to the ground that means that your hips have to get closer to the ground to break parallel or to get deep enough for them to give you white lights if your feet are a little bit closer together you can have a vertical shin angle and what that's going to do is that's going to create a higher knee which means that you don't have to dunk your squat as far it's 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 counterintuitive, but when you see it in front of you, I urge you to go to the post and look. Um, uh, and you'll be able to see it. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, <clears throat> so if you see it in front of you, it makes sense. But when you hear it, it doesn't quite make as, as much sense. So a good way to do this, if you have a training partner that won't listen to you, that you keep, just keep saying, like, you know, you keep telling them to bring their fucking feet in, bring their fucking feet in, and they won't move their mono lift up a hole or a half a hole. If their feet are too wide, they won't be able to get the bar out of the hooks. They'll have to bring their feet in or they won't be able to squat the weights. So that's a good way to bring your feet in a little bit. And it doesn't have to be anything major. A lot of times it's half of the width of your foot will make a huge fucking difference. And it doesn't put as much shearing force on your knees. So That's a big one too. This is more for um, equipped people or wide stand squatters. But if you look... If you look at a lot of the raw squats, people with elevated heels, generally, um, if they're using Ollie shoes, if you look from the front, it's like, whoa, that squat was fucking buried. And then if you look at it from the side, it's really not, It's like at parallel, maybe a little bit below because their knees track so far forward. If your knees track far forward, that means you have forward shin angle, which means your knee is closer to the ground, which means your hips have to get lower as well. It's very deceiving until you see it in front of you and you go, oh, okay. So that squat is actually just to depth, basically, even though it looks like it's dunked. If you really look at it, it's not. So the more vertical shin you can have, the better off. Obviously, there's going to be some forward movement with your shins uh, if you squat raw. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. And if you're successful, keep doing it. But it's definitely something to look at if you have issues with depth or if you have knee pain. Um... Or even in training, if you're just trying to build up your posterior chain a little bit more, if you sit back harder, obviously you're going to get less quad, you're going to get more hamstring, um, and that will have bigger carryover to your deadlift or, or whatever. So, uh, so yeah, so those are the four nerd zone posts um, thus far. Uh, I think it's really important, um, even as a coach, you know, you, you know, let's just let's just get fucking real here you want to retain clients. This is how I pay my bills. I want to retain clients. I want my clients to stick around. I want people to utilize my services. I want people to need my services because obviously that's why I put food on the table and I enjoy it, obviously. But let's, let's fucking be real here. You want to keep your clients, but it is important for anyone who's being coached to understand what the fuck is going on. So most, you know, occasionally I'll give someone the because I fucking said so, but generally if your coach says that, they're kind of a dick because they're not telling you why you're doing something. Um, and I believe that, uh, clients and lifters and friends that may help or whoever, uh, will be more successful if they understand the fucking why, why they're doing something and not just, Oh, I have to just do this. It's like setting you up for success by telling them the reason for me to be making them change whatever they're doing or the reason why we have things lined up or the reason why you deload on this day or the reason why you go heavy on this day and so on and so forth. So um, a lot of this stuff takes years and years to figure out. I'm still figuring it out. I've learned a shit ton this year. I learned a shit ton the year before and so on and so forth. And hopefully I'll continue learning things going forward and I can continue sharing them with people and helping people, uh, you know, chase their dreams and their goals and everything. So... um, that's basically it for the Nerd Zone podcast. Uh, if people enjoy this, we'll probably do more of them, um, explaining the stuff that's posted on the Instagram. Uh, as far as housekeeping stuff for Trigger Warning, not much. Just rolling out content, baby. That's what we're doing. We're just trying to fucking keep putting stuff out that people are enjoying and entertaining, because that's important with everything that's fucking going on. Um, oh, I have to do coolest thing I've seen on the internet. What am I going to talk about? Oh, uh, two things. Uh, Yesterday, my my buddy Dalton sent me a video of someone butchering uh, like the four sections of a steer, and I'm super into cooking steak, so that was super cool. It was like this really informative video. That was awesome. And then the other thing, uh, the Barracks, which is a skateboarding uh, site that I talk about a lot on here, um, they started doing games of skate which is basically like horse and basketball, but with skate tricks in case people don't know, they're doing it via FaceTime. So they're getting all these pros and then they're posting their, you know, cause the people are quarantined or social distancing or whatever. And they're posting these games of skate with these people just like, and you get to see like, you know, where these guys and these chicks are skating, like when they can't go to the park or whatever. So it's, it's been really fucking cool. So that's my positive shit that I seen on the internet. That was rad as fuck. Um, that's all I got for today. Uh anyone who's listening that doesn't know, my Instagram is Anthony CW13. The trigger warning Instagram is trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate for all of your, I guess we could say meathead and nerd needs, apparel, t-shirts, whatever else. Um, please like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment. Uh rate, give us a rating on iTunes. That would be really fucking helpful. And a positive comment helps with the algorithm, uh, and everything else. So I can keep putting out sweet content for you guys. Um, that is all I've got today. Thank you for listening to this short little podcast. Um, that's it. Y'all know what it is. Stay hated motherfuckers.